0: go episode 32 of the hardline sports talk john michael massiri i am michael merlo wow what a big episode we got today week one is here first game in the books and sunday is looking to be i don't know what i'm so happy that sunday is two days away jm mm-hmm. how are you i'm
1: doing good um i'm, I'm pumped up uh, I'm going to the game on Sunday in Carolina, hyped for that, bought my uh, Zach Wilson jersey here, really excited for that, Um, and yeah, just glad to have football back, that was a very entertaining game to watch, and um, great things to take away, some good, some bad, good things to take away from it, though.
0: Yeah, it was very exciting, there are a lot to take away, we're going to get to that right now, we're going to make our picks for this week's games that's coming up later in the episode and of course we have to talk about our two garbage baseball teams who will actually face off against each other this weekend and what is going to be a very emotional series we're going to get to that in a little bit let's start with the game last night the tampa bay buccaneers and the dallas cowboys um we knew somebody that was at the game our friend matt big fan shout out to matt he said the atmosphere was great and the stadium was very very nice and the food was good which I'm kind of surprised, you know, Tampa, uh, you're not really known for the food, no?
1: I mean, it, it is an NFL stadium, so I'm not surprised.
0: I'm surprised. Uh, the Buccaneers did beat the Cowboys 31-29. to 29. Uh, There's a lot of questionable decisions that were made uh, by the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, but there was one big thing that is really glaring. This There's a big controversy here, and that is, was that an offensive pass interference on Chris Godwin last night, which ended up leading to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicking the game-winning field goal? Right.
1: Um, I don't think so. I think it was borderline. I wouldn't have called it there. Uh, at the replay, you saw Godwin give him, like, that little forearm, but he didn't fully extend the arm. And also on that, like, back, I think Chris Collinsworth, or someone said it on that back shoulder – um, pass, you know, they usually those DBs are already back, like on in a little bit of an unbalanced position. So it's easy for them to fall like that. So it, it was close, but I think in that situation, I think no call is, uh, was correct.
0: I actually completely agree with you. I, yeah. like Chris Collinsworth had said, and a lot of people had said came out defending that statement, basically saying the cornerback is already on his heels. And it does not like he doesn't like you can see his arm like you can see his hand, but it doesn't go like this like his right. arm doesn't fully extend. right. It was just like, like a it, little
1: like nudge. He was not had even. to
0: turn around, so he almost like moved his hand to turn around. It was almost right. like like what I'm doing here, right. Like, Just to get his hands in position, he had to like touch him and scrape him like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess the force, like he said, he was off balance, and he and he felt. I agree. It, it, it was a good no call. That was the first time I like kind of felt bad for cowboy fans but at the same time i was like it was borderline it happens to everybody so you know what let them just uh let them cry about it i think last night was one of the rare times where a majority
1: of america was rooting for the cowboys
0: i don't know I, about a majority of america but more so, like, more so than, than usual yes
1: because I, th- I think a lot of people including myself can't despise tom brady i mean i respect the hell out of the guy but i just don't like him um he's caused me a lot of pain over the years <laughs> um but yeah like i don't know i'm i'm usually i'm not a big cowboys person in general i, I think their fans are unbearable um but I, I i i really like dak and i'm really rooting for him this year i hope he has a great year he's been through a lot is with the between his brother passing away and the him breaking his ankle last year and everything so I'm really hoping that Dak has a really good year and um, puts the Cowboys on the map again this year. But um, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like I saw a lot
0: of people were rooting for the Cowboys, which is it's just not used to that. I don't think you got to worry about um, Dak being, uh, you know, back. He, Dak is back. Yeah. I, I mean, that guy was phenomenal last night. He looked that so confident. Impressive.
1: It was like unbelievable. Every throw. He just looked so confident
0: did you notice this or is this just him where when he was trying to get out of the pocket and this isn't a knock against him at all, but when he was trying to get out of the pocket, did you kind of notice it almost felt like his legs were heavy that he couldn't really get out? Or is that just him in general? Like he's not the fastest guy. Um, I didn't really notice it like
1: that. I think he had plenty of opportunities to get out of the pocket, but I think he's not, um, a Lamar Jackson type, or even like a Kyler Murray, like he's a pass-first quarterback, and he can make plays with his legs. But I think he chooses to be a pot you know he he wants to be as much of a pocket passer or just a throwing quarterback as possible. So um I didn't really see that with like the heavy legs or maybe he was shaking a little rust off. But I think he looked fine in terms of speed. And and yeah. if you look at his stat line, I mean, first of all, the guy I was about ball, to read that. Yeah, if he threw the ball sixty times and. 400 yards, three touchdowns, whatever. But that one pick, that's not that, that's a CD Lamb pick. He, that yes. was, it was a risky pass. It was a risky, risky pass, pass, but
0: it was a beautiful throw. He threw that right in the perfect window and CD Lamb just dropped it. It was right on the money. You're right. It was in CD Lamb's hands. He had a couple of drops, CD Lamb, did. although he ended up having a really nice game. He had a few key drops. Like you said, Dak went 42 for 58 with 403 yards three touchdowns and a pick I wanna 101.4 pass rating guys back um, and I'm not shocked you know and, and people say oh you know he really put himself on the map he actually put himself on the map last season well with the right. limited games that he did play we really started to see this guy become a star i did yeah. you know we both had him easily in our top 10 i think you had him seven i think i had him eight and that's not a knock against him but he, he the next step for him is and getting I into see that him, top five
1: yeah i could see him climbing up that ladder easily
0: a hundred percent he's really becoming one of the better i mean he already is but he's getting there to being you know a top five quarterback right he just looked so he looked like a top five he looked
1: like a 10-year veteran last night he looked so poised in the pocket and like I said confident and um obviously was making some great throws but just I just want to touch back on the CD Lamb thing he had some drops but I think we kind of saw in terms of the receivers like a little uh preview of how the entire season is going to go I think you're going to see CD Lamb um have some really explosive plays and big sh- you know big shot plays whatever you want to call them but i think at the end of the day amari cooper is the number one guy there and he's going to be getting most of the targets i think they I think they'll both have great seasons like i think they could easily both go over a 1000 ta- a- a 1100 yards whatever it is but um i think cooper's still the number one guy there
0: 100% he had a nice knife for me sorry about that yeah
1: no and you know this is why The whole fantasy thing with being in, like, I'm in four leagues, and it's good and it's bad because I, like you said, I'm playing him, I'm playing you in fantasy this week. You have Amari Cooper, he goes off last night, but I have Amari Cooper in another league, and I'm like, oh, I'm going off. And that, so it's like I'm happy and mad at the same time. So
0: I hate being in four leagues. Thankfully, only two of them are, um, you know, for a prize, but yeah and no punishment. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And the other two were just, you know, for fun. Right. Um, I want to read you a couple of stacks about Dak. Dak Prescott has 5,555 yards over his last 17 games. Uh, that would break the record in a single season. Um, Peyton Manning has 5,477 and Cowboys offense under Kellen Moore with Dak Prescott, 22 games. 28 points per 28 and a half points per game and 445.2 yards per game. Unbelievable. Yes, they are throwing the ball. And there were a couple of instances where they were down big and all they had to do was throw was throw the ball, but that is still very, very impressive. Right.
1: Um, yeah. I think Dak, I believe he had the most 400 yard passing games last year and he only played five games, which just is incredible. But I don't think they're going to be passing the ball 60 times every game. I think people are overreacting in terms of like Ezekiel Elliott
0: and for your uh, sake, they better not. Yeah.
1: I think they're overreacting to Ezekiel Elliott in that running game. I I mean, they were literally, I was expecting this. They were going up against the best run defense in the NFL um, by far. Like they're easily number one in every rushing category, the Buccaneers defense. So um, I think this is a pass first offense anyways. Um, but I think no Zach Martin and no going against the number one rush defense, of course, the run game was not going to be what it should be last night.
0: Connor McGovern, who uh, stepped in for Zach Martin, played uh, pretty well. Yeah, So is. um So that, that was a good sign. The Cowboys offensive line, they had a couple of bad holding calls, which almost, um yeah. you know, really screwed well, them. Well, Vita Vey was
1: like a man dominating. last night. He was blowing up uh, the pocket.
0: Yeah, he was he was very good. Um and like you said, we, we didn't even talk about the third wide receiver who I was impressed with almost every time yeah. he caught the ball, Michael Gallup. Yeah. He can play. He can, he can really play. play. He's got pretty good hands and his feet are amazing. Yeah. The way he's able to get the, you know, he's at the Tony Toe taps here, you know, nonstop. Right. He was he was impressive and the tight ends even played well.
1: Right.
0: I mean I, and Schultz.
1: I think we might have seen the two best receiving cores in the league go up against each other last night
0: you want to talk about receiving antonio brown who we were both high on in fantasy this year mm-hmm. i had saw the report that said you know bruce arians had basically said he looks like the antonio brown from four to five years ago and right. people like us started jumping on him on fan- in fantasy and uh he stepped up big time in one of my um leagues but if if he's gonna look like that if he's gonna be that guy again or even close to the guy he was in pittsburgh that is dangerous because even scary, Godwin right? aside from the fumble looked really good. So the, yeah, that's just, it's unfair. It is.
1: It is. I, then the bucks, I mean, they looked great last night there the, were the passing game looked really good. I still don't know how that run game is going to stack up. I mean, we saw Ronald Jones was very limited in terms of his carries. He fumbled um, Leonard Fournette got most of the snaps. And then Giovanni Bernard came in a couple uh, third down scenarios and stuff like that. But from what I saw last night, it looks like Fournette's gonna be. If you want to pick a number one back, which I don't really think there is one in the system, but um, technically it is Fournette. I think he'll get uh, the most snaps out of all those guys.
0: They were saying um, Giovanni Bernardo is almost like the uh, James White with the Patriots. So, yeah, we'll see. They had a couple. of uh, – Who dropped that pass, which ended up being an interception? Was that that was Fournette? Correct. Yes. So, yeah, and then uh, Diggs was right there, or I think it was Diggs, who was right there, he ended up picking off and giving the Cowboys great field position. They ended up scoring. That was in the second quarter. So, um, you know, I still I still agree with you. I think Fournette will be the lead guy there. But they're going to use everybody. Yeah, It's going to be very situational. You know, fantasy-wise, I wouldn't really bank on one of those guys being, you know, insane unless definitely an injury not. happened. Right, definitely not. So, it was it was definitely a great start to the year. it was a perfect start to the year
1: it was it was a good game um, I think the Cowboys proved that they're here to 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 be a good competitive team this year I mean they just took the defending Super Bowl champions to a game last second game winning field goal on the road so um, that
0: defense though like the Bucks didn't have control it didn't of, look of, bad last night It did not look know. great
1: I, it didn't look great but it didn't look bad Especially Tampa
0: did whatever they wanted. Marcus summer. Lawrence
1: looked good. The pass rush. Randy Gregory looked pretty good. Michael Parsons looked good. Like we said, Diggs did a great job against Mike Evans. I mean, he was basically irrelevant, Mike Evans. Um, so I don't think that defense is going to be anything special, but I also don't think it, it, it'll be as bad as it was last year. I think Dan Quinn's going to help out, and some uh, guys they brought in this offseason will help it out a bit.
0: I don't think it's going to be as bad as last year. I mean, mean, for them, I hope it's not. That was one of the worst defenses ever, but I don't know. They, they got that. I mean, they forced turnovers, which is nice. If they could continue to force turnovers, you know, they're going to put themselves in good spots. They're going to put the offense in good spots and they won't have to like, you know, the other team could score a little bit, Mm -hmm. but as long as you're scoring and creating those turnovers, Okay. But I, I felt like Tampa was carving them up last night. Brady was doing whatever he wanted. They, they, the time of possession was very, very lopsided. Uh, the Cowboys had the ball much longer. So if Tampa had the ball more, if they didn't turn the ball over four times, I think that's a different game. But listen, if that's going to be Dallas' style, where they, they are good at creating turnovers, then, yeah, they're right. not that bad. But I don't know how much how many turnovers they're actually – they can't bank on turning the ball – no. getting the, get No, having the other team turn the ball over four times a game.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, they're going to force some turnovers, but at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, not letting your opponent drive down the field on you. So, yeah, you're right. You can't bank on those turnovers. Um, but like I said, I think we saw some some good things. I think Micah Parsons is going to be really good for them. Um Van Der Esch is healthy and hopefully he has a good season for them. And um, yeah, they have some really good linebackers, like we said, uh, Demarcus Lawrence uh, as an edge he, rusher is really he good. He looked
0: really good. You're right; he he looked really good last night. Yeah, like his old self.
1: And I'm um, I'm looking forward on the offensive end to see when Zach Martin comes back and they go up against you know not the best run defense in the league, and see how the yeah. offense changes.
0: They they tried running the ball in the beginning a little bit. It, yeah, you know, they would give it either it off to. To Zeke and Tony Pollard and, and nothing was there. And I, I I guess that they realized that. Right. But the play action was working great. So that they just they stuck to it. I, I think Kellen Moore ended up doing a nice job last night, honestly. I think Mike yeah. McCarthy had some issues with some um, you know, decisions that he made. But I didn't I didn't hate that um that field goal
1: at the end of the half, I don't think was that bad. I mean uh, I get it's a sixty-yarder, but I mean, Greg you got the leg to make that, and also it, the Buccaneers didn't have any timeouts, so it's not like you know you're gonna miss it and they're gonna get it. They got three timeouts left, and they could easily go get a. Few. Did, they didn't. They didn't even score, did they? The Bucks after
0: that, they didn't score there. They ended up going uh, whatever. I, 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 I mean, three and out. Yeah, but I mean, so, it was seventeen seconds. You literally needed a first down, yeah. or you know. 12 15 yards right and you were right there i, I don't know i didn't like that considering it's a you little were it's
1: a little aggressive you know at that point you might just be like let's uh just you know punt it away and if Zerline
0: was having a better game up to that point and he ended up finish finishing nicely but he, he may have costed them you don't you don't know for sure if he would have cost them that game but, right well that um,
1: field goal that 30 something yard field goal or whatever he missed the uh in the first half ended up costing them obviously they lost by two points so
0: yeah but you don't know how that game would have went oh yeah of course i mean i don't know if they lo- if he makes that do they lose by two you know right. so i mean yeah it looks like it but we don't know for sure but um i if Zerline was having a better game i'd say yeah trot him out there you know well he you're right he has the track record he could hit a 60 yarder, but um I don't know. I don't – at that point, I didn't like the decision. I would have punted it away.
1: Nah. I didn't hate it, like I said, but uh I get both sides of it. I probably – of- I mean, I probably would have punted, but I don't think it's, like, something where you could be like, oh, what the hell is Mike McCarthy doing? I mean, I saw some people, including, like, my brother who's a Packers fan and hates Mike McCarthy, saying, like, oh, this was such a – like, oh, this is such a Mike McCarthy moment. Like, Okay. They don't have any timeouts. They're not going to relax. If that was with a minute left in the second half, then, yeah, that's an idiotic decision. But 15 seconds and no timeouts for the Buccaneers. And look what happened. They didn't score anyway. So
0: Yeah, they gave themselves the shot to get three more points, and right, they didn't get it that and he And got, he got close. He it, was close, close. it was pretty close. It was decently close. Yeah, so um, it was a great game. I, I was it very was. happy with the first game. And, um, you know, there's a lot to get to now. Because everybody else plays on Sunday, except for the Raiders and Ravens, but everybody else is playing. We're going to get to the Ravens in a little bit. They had um, a lot of injuries. We also have a voicemail about the Ravens, so excited for that as well. Yeah. But um, let's start here quick. The Colts are going to be with their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz. He is going to start. Uh, it's looked like he's going to start for a while now. Um, the injury that he had, it was some weird foot injury. They, they gave a 5-12 to 12 week timetable on it. And the same thing went for Quentin Nelson, the guard. Quentin Nelson's fully healed from the foot injury as well. The only thing he's dealing with is now back spasms. But he's probably going to play Sunday. Wentz is going to play Sunday. So the Colts will um, be with their starting quarterback.
1: All right. Now yeah, they're full go. Um, they are playing
0: the Seahawks, right? They're uh-huh. at home against the Seahawks. Yeah. You were okay. uh, lagging there a little bit. You're good, oh, okay.
1: Um, yeah, the are the Seahawks, uh, should be a good game. I think the, yeah, I want to see how this Colts offense goes about itself. I mean, um, obviously a lot of things to look forward to, especially the quarterback. Um, let's see what happens with Jonathan Taylor here. There's been, you know, he's, he came, um, Naeem Hines is there and Marlon Mack's back now. So is it going to be Jonathan Taylor getting 20, 25 carries a game, or is it going to turn into a bit of a committee where his touches get hindered? And um, I want to see other, these receivers do. I want to see how Michael Pittman plays with Carson Wentz. I think he's got some good upside. He was a draft pick last year. I think he was a second round pick. Um, You know, guys like T.Y. Hilton, how much has he got left in the tank? And I think the Colts are uh, a bit of, um, they're interesting, but they're also boring at the same time.
0: You, you know how I felt about the Colts a month ago. I'm down on the Colts as we saw from my predictions but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they made the playoffs, right. if they won that division. I I think it's between those, the Titans and the, right. the Colts, obviously. And it wouldn't surprise me if either one of them won it, but it's going to be Jonathan Taylor's backfield. I mean, he's the clear, clearly I, I, the no, most talented I, running back. I agree. I just want
1: to see, I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to have 10 carries and Marlon Mack's going to have 10 carries. I think, I just want to see how many touches is Naeem Hines in, in, in third down situations. And is he getting touches taken away from him because uh, Marlon Mack, they give him a couple more carries and whatever. Um, but I think that, like as the majority is going to be obviously Jonathan Taylor's backfield. The reason why I say this team is interesting yet boring is because I'm interested to see how Carson Wentz does. And, you know, he's back with Frank Reich and everything like that. But I think they're also boring because I think the style of football that they're going to be playing isn't going to be very entertaining. I think it's going to be a run-heavy offense, um, not like a, one of these high-powered Cowboys offenses or a Chiefs offense or something like that where they're airing it out and stuff like that. Um, and I think they'll, it's going to be a run-heavy uh, offense, and then they have a very good defense. So – not a lot of and they don't have a lot of flashy weapons besides Taylor. You know, you have Michael Pittman and T. Y. Hilton, like I said, and I, I believe Zach Pascal is still with the team and yeah, that's nothing to look twice at. So um, yeah, interesting. I'm interested to see how Carson Wentz does, but I don't expect this uh offense to be anything
0: crazy. No, I agree with you. It's gonna be uh Kind of like what we I think it's kind of gonna be what we saw in Philadelphia with Frank Wright and Carson Wentz. Yeah. I think they might score a lot of points, but it might not be fun. So right. um I, I'm very interested to see what happens over there. They're one of the more interesting teams to me in the NFL for sure. And I want to stay in the AFC because I was just uh when we driving home just now, I was listening to Pat McAfee show. It's and honestly, he's interesting, he's entertaining. Um in during the NFL season. You can't, yeah. you know, when baseball is going on, you can't really listen. Right. But, you know, when, when during the NFL, he is very interesting. And they actually just had Brandon Staley on, the rookie head coach from the Chargers. And it's crazy that, you know, Anthony Lynn was so bad last year, especially situationally. There's a chance that Staley's taking over a 10-win roster, you know, right. and, just because of how bad the coaching was. Right. So I'm looking at them and, and, and their schedules. I don't think their schedule is easy. And obviously they play the chiefs twice a year, which isn't, you know, great, but I think they're going to, I wouldn't shock me if they went on a run there. I mean, that schedules, it's not easy, but it's
1: not hard either. It's, it's, it's not a, that tough of a schedule for the chargers. Um, but I think with Anthony Lynn, like you just said, like we talk about with the Jets or any other team that's having a coaching uh, coach that just was fired. How do we assess that roster? Because bad coaching can bring a roster down. So we don't really know how talented a team is. And I think it all starts with the quarterback. The Chargers have one, um, a really good one. Really, so, really good one. I mean, the whole, the whole Chargers um, team, dyna- the way it's gone over the last couple of years is a bit confusing. I mean, they were – in the playoffs, they went eleven and five or twelve and four uh, that one year, lost to the Patriots in Foxborough, and then they just all of a sudden kind of fell off a cliff. And obviously, Philip Rivers aging didn't help that, but it really shouldn't have happened in the quick way that it did, especially when you look at what their roster was like. And last year, they lost a lot of tough games, um, a lot
0: of really really close games. They really,
1: lost. Cl- yeah, really close games. So maybe a new coach and a new energy in the building it swings those games into wins. So yeah, you're right. This could be a 10 win roster that Staley's taking over and um, we wouldn't have any idea. So I'm really interested in this chargers team. I think that offense is going to be electric. Um, and uh, I think the defense is a little bit more of a question mark. The offensive line wasn't that great last year, but they got um, Corey Lindsley from the Packers. They also drafted the, um, why am I drawing a blank? The tackle from Rashawn Slater from North. Rashawn Slater, uh, who
0: should be a New York Giant.
1: Yeah, um, so yeah, but let's just uh, let's see how that defense plays. They had they got Derwin James back, which is huge. He hasn't been healthy the last two seasons, and we've seen when he is healthy, he's one of the better safeties in the NFL. So. One
0: hundred percent. Yeah,
1: definitely interested in the Chargers this year.
0: This, I, I know. I'm going around the league here. There there is a lot to get to. So again, very excited with the Chargers. Um. TJ Watt signed an extension with uh, what was it four years, 112 million dollars, nice. with 80 million guaranteed. He's one of the best defensive players in football, one of the best pass rushers in football. So that is very well deserved. The Steelers lately, if uh, the Steelers are a very interesting organization because if you deserve that contract, like Micah, uh, not Micah, Mike, Mike, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, mm. guys like, like if they, if you deserve that contract, they take care of you. They right, know. Man. They, they know who to bring back they knew not to bring back bell what happened they they knew not to bring back brown you know and brown's been you know slightly successful elsewhere but he's just such a distraction you can right. find that production elsewhere so they know they do know they are a very smart organization and um good for tj watt he absolutely deserves it
1: right and yeah even with brown look at that receiver room now you think they're really missing brown that much right now i mean you got Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and Juju. That's, I mean, there's not a clear cut number one there right now, but those are all some some definitely above average good NFL players. So yeah, you're right. I mean, the Le'Veon Bell. I can't believe that this guy signed two years ago with the Jets, and now he's getting signed to practice squads. It, it really is crazy. I, you think he regrets uh, not taking that deal with the Steelers originally?
0: Whatever, whatever the deal was. Yeah, he, and, and he honestly. Really-
1: I think it was – um, he signed a four-year, like, $52 million contract with the Jets, and I believe the uh, contract that the Steelers offered him was five years, but it was just less average annual value, and he did not want to do it, so –
0: you would think the security, especially with the five years, especially when you're a running more... back, yeah, but exactly. Uh, you know, and honestly, I think you would had a couple more good years there behind that offensive line and that no. offense, but you know, not definitely not now. He's he's done. He's washed up. So, and also, I think taking a year off really hurt him. Right. So I'm definitely good for TJ Watt. I'm going around the league. I know, but this is, you know, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. Saquon Barkley is back. This is new from Joe Judge. He's back with no setbacks. No, no, he had no setbacks and there's no pitch count on him. He is good to go for Sunday against the Denver Broncos, which is a big boost for um, his quarterback because statistically he plays much better when Saquon's there than he when he's not.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, let's see how this line blocks for him. Got
0: to protect him. And um, yeah. I gotta pit my stomach just thinking about watching that game with that Denver defense. I'm I'm very very yeah. Then that's
1: that's that is one thing. You got Bradley Chubb and you got Von Miller coming off the edge, uh, protecting Daniel Jones is gonna be tough. And yeah, you're right. They um, in the run game, the Broncos have some really good linebackers. I wonder how the Giants are gonna handle getting to the second level and and blocking like that and trying to get Saquon, you know, some big chunk plays. It's gonna be tough. But uh, I think this is a big test for them and let's
0: see how they handle it. It's a big test right out of the gate. You know, you got Denver and then four, day, four days later, you go to Washington and play Thursday night. So um, you're going to play two real, probably two top five defenses. Yeah. So, um, it, listen, yeah, you're right. It's a big test right out of the gate for the New York Giants. And uh, let's see, because it all, it all lies on the offensive line and the quarterback. If the right. offensive line plays well, I believe the quarterback is going to be able to take that next step. If they don't, you know, that's it. Right. I don't know if um, I'll
1: call Denver a top five defense, by the way. They're, they're, right, good. There. they're, good. they're, they're right,
0: right there. there. They're, they're good. They're underrated. They're underrated. Yeah. We, we want to go through the top five defenses right now.
1: Oh, I mean, sure. It was off the top of my head. I think the Rams are better. I think the <laughs> Niners are better. I think the, uh, the Washington
0: football Washington team is better. Football the team's Bucks, better. Are better. The Bucks
1: are better. Uh, I think the Browns are better. There's, There's five.
0: Steelers. Yeah, I would take the Rams out of there. I don't think the, Ra- the Rams are better. I
1: think the, the Dolphins have a damn good defense, and I think the um, if, you know, they they have a lot of question marks because of the opt-outs last year, but if everybody's playing the way they did in 2019, I think the Patriots are better.
0: i have five Top seven, but I, I, I'll stick with That's five. fine. I'm not going to rip you apart for it, but they're, they're very underrated. They have yeah, a good I secondary. Mean, they,
1: they have Justin Simmons, who is probably the, one of the most underrated. I think he's getting his recognition now. But still not there. He's one of the most yeah, underrated page. safeties in the league. Um, and then, yeah, they have uh, what the hell is that guy's first name? The Jewel guy, forty-five linebacker.
0: Whatever his name is, he's pretty I good. Forgot. Yeah, they they signed a corner too. I'm forgetting his name. They brought in Sertain, and they signed a corner. Who did they sign? I think from the Bears, they got him from uh, Bryce Callahan. No. Hold on. I forget. I, I'd have to look, I, uh, look it up for me. I'm looking up
1: their defensive depth chart. Talk about the Denver Broncos. Defense. Yeah.
0: We don't... It's going to rip apart the New York Giants. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, though.
1: I don't th- – I mean, uh, when we get to our picks later, I'll tell you how I feel about this game. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think this is going to – this is definitely not going to be a shootout. But I think in the NFL, you're going to see – I don't know if you're going to see defenses are ahead of offense. I think you're going to see the offenses are ahead of the defenses, actually.
0: Why do you say that?
1: I think that's just how it naturally happens. I mean, we saw it last year. Um, I think it just takes longer for defenses to kind of catch up. All right, here we go. Am I freezing up? You were
0: actually a little bit, but you're fine.
1: I can't go online because this computer is so friggin' slow, man. This is my stupid rental that uh, my school gave me because my computer is currently in the shop. Um, All right, I asked out of it. It was uh, Josie Jewell, and they also have that guy, Alexander Johnson, who's a really good linebacker too. So they got some good linebackers there in uh, uh, Denver. But I did not find out about that corner for you because, like I said, my computer sucks.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll look it up because, you know, you're just a genius. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gi- the Giants will take care of the, the linebackers. I'm oh, not worried.
1: All right, let's move on. We're taking too much time on the Denver Broncos here.
0: Yeah,
1: Find uh, out that corner and let's go. Um,
0: what? Else? There was one more thing. Oh, so we got some news with Cam Newton here too. I, w- I really want to get to this because uh, this is funny. Um, So Cam Newton uh, went on his YouTube channel, I think, this morning and said one of the reasons why and the biggest reason why he is not in New England anymore is because, in quote, the reason why they released me is because indirectly I was going to be a distraction. So you mean because of the COVID or because of his personality? I think I'm a lot of both. You know, they – listen, they – they were going to Jones. They knew they wanted to go to Jones. So I think partly the COVID, but partly, um, you know, they didn't want him sitting right behind uh, uh, right behind Jones.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably what it tells me. Just with Mac Jones and uh, when are they going to hand over the reins and blah, blah, blah.
0: They don't need that. They don't, you don't need that distraction. Right. 100%. Oh.
1: I don't think Cam Newton gets signed until somebody goes down. Uh, agreed.
0: Actually, I, I don't know Kyle Fuller. I'm such an idiot. Yeah, he's Kyle good. Fuller. Yeah, um, brother is better. I agree. Though.
1: What isn't his brother better? The one in uh, Washington, Kendall Fuller. Uh,
0: I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Um. So what, what are we talking about yeah, when somebody goes down? It depends on that team. It depends on that team, though. Him not being vaccinated is a problem it is a problem because a team is not going to take that risk and bring him in and then him possibly get COVID. And then that's it. The whole right. quarterback room goes down and, you know, possibly a lot of players on that team go down. It's not worth it. And the Colts have the same issue with Carson Wentz and the Vikings have the same issue with Kirk cousins. It's, it's just a problem. These guys should just get the shot so that their teams put, you can put your team in such a better position. So, do the Vikings have like a thing, or the Colts, whoever,
1: where Kirk Cousins and uh, Davis Mills go in like separate rooms or something? So, just in case there is an instance where a COVID outbreak happens, they won't have their entire quarterback room wiped
0: out? I mean, that would make the most sense. But, again, I don't know. They have to be on the field together. So, yeah. I honestly, if they're on the field together and they're practicing together, I, I doubt it. If they're going to get it, you're going to, you know, that guy that is a really tough
1: scenario, because like you said, it's not even it's not like, oh, well, it's not that risky. It's just Kirk Cousins can't get COVID. That's not true. If someone else gets COVID, then, you know, they'd be like, oh, Kirk was in contact. and And then all of a sudden it just turns into an absolute shit show. Basically.
0: Exactly. If one of the wide receivers tests positive, and he was right next to, they have the tra- the contract tracing devices. So yeah. if that if they find out that um, Cousins was near that guy, Cousins is out until he tests negative. So, and there's no timetable for that. You, you could right. be out for you know two weeks. You could be out two days. They they don't know. I mean, you remember you know, last year there were instances. I think Lamar went through it. No, right? Lamar yeah. was out
1: for a couple of weeks because of COVID uh, tracing.
0: Do you know – do you want to hear something crazy? Sure. Do you know why – you remember when that happened to the Broncos and their quarterback room went down? Mm. Do you know why they didn't postpone the game or anything? No. It came out. There's an article in the LA Times. I didn't get to it about all the secret things that happened with COVID and the plans that they had if this went down over the NFL. They said because the Broncos quarterback – the quarterbacks, they – took their tracers and like threw them out or whatever like put them in like a a different room and then went on and did whatever you know they wanted to do and then they ended up finding those tracers because they had a camera in the room so they did it on purpose then you know the covid thing happened and then they were like you broke the rules you know good luck against the saints and they ended up killed but wow yeah that was the reason why i have to read the article i bookmarked it on twitter that is crazy yeah that's when
1: they started kendall hinton or whatever that guy's name was wide receiver
0: yep yeah that was uh that was something i'm happy at least this year it'll be a little more normal hopefully you know
1: fingers crossed i mean i hope so i mean we got fans back which is great um i remember i was watching i was watching clips the other day just you know like a highlight thing just trying to get excited for the season or whatever and so weird with football, football was the – I
0: don't know. Baseball and Baseball football was the worst up. because you could see it. Yeah. Football, no, but even with
1: football, a... they did a pretty good job. But even with football, like they showed some clips of like towards the end, like when they were getting the end zone or something, and then it was just like empty. And I was like,
0: oof, that was brutal. It really was brutal. Baseball um, was bad know.
1: though. When you, they're hitting home runs and landing in empty seats, it's like Jesus.
0: No, it was so depressing. I'm looking yeah. for a notification I got. Because um, here we go. This has to be the yeah the cow. I should have brought this up when we were talking about the Cowboys and Bucks. But the Cowboys and Bucks viewership ratings for Thursday night's NFL opener were NBC's highest in five years, up sixteen percent from twenty twenty. Now I think obviously that has to do with Tom Brady and America's team in that game. But I think I think also the fan part. I I think a lot of people were turned off with no fans last year. You know it felt different. It might have felt you know. Almost fake, so I, I think that you're going to see viewership all around be up big time this year. Oh yeah, I'm all for it. Except the Super the Super Bowl last year, I think they were going to get the biggest number they possibly could with the two teams yeah, playing, yeah. The players and everybody
1: and, being just starving to
0: get back at a football game, and then yeah, and so. Tampa was Tampa was um basically filled. So yeah, but uh yeah, so that's uh, that's a good uh, number right there. That's definitely a good number for the NFL. Um, college football more people watch georgia clemson than five out of the six nba final games you know that's weird. i remember they were coming out with numbers
1: for the nba finals and it really is weird the way the numbers are really down and i don't know if it was because it was buck suns or what but they really didn't do great this year the nba and they're usually they like right there behind, uh not right there but football is always dominating but with the MLB, they're they're right there, and I'm, I'm surprised.
0: MLB beat has beaten them the past yeah. couple of years since uh, since COVID started. It's kind you know, of like the I don't know. Them.
1: It's kind of a stigma this whole thing where like the MLB is like in such they're, bad shape and stuff like this. Like not. the NBA is not much better, if not worse, than the MLB, and it's not like they're but they're all not in, they're not all in bad states either
0: they're not in bad shape and baseball's got you know, their own issues. Right. But ratings wise, especially this season, major league Baseball's actually done a good job with their ratings. You know why they're big time demographic of the younger kids. They're actually getting kids to watch baseball. Right. Right.
1: Because you know, LeBron versus Mike Trout. Sure. LeBron blows them out of the water, but MLB versus NBA. It's not much. It's just the, you know, people associate, um, teams with the MLB more than in the NBA people associate players.
0: And yeah, it's a marketing issue. I guess, but at the same time,
1: what is it? Because I get that the MLB players should be marketed more. And I think they're doing a better job of it. Um, at least, I don't know. I can't tell. Cause I am a very, I'm a diehard baseball fan. So I, you know, of course I know Shohei Otani and Fernando Tatis and how big those guys are. We but know too many does, baseball does, players. Does the average Joe know who he is? I still don't know. Um, but at the same time, you, have, you go up to somebody on the street, you say, who's LeBron James? They'll be, oh, I know who LeBron James is. But you go, oh, who's the team who uh, the NBA team located in Minnesota? They're going to have no idea. I feel like yeah, people yeah. can name more N- N- MLB teams than people can name NBA teams.
0: There's more casual NBA, yeah, fans, which is which is like more of a number. But yeah. there's more diehard Major League Baseball fans. I I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I think you're right about that. But yeah, the NFL is going to dominate. NFL dominates every aspect of TV, primetime, yeah. whatever it is. They dominate that, and of course, they're going
1: to naturally because there's only 16 games in a season. You know, if there were 162 NFL games, I'm sure it wouldn't be as much of a gap in terms of viewership per game.
0: Yeah, you'd also have people dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. Your Jets open up in uh, Carolina. You are going to be there. Should be a... It's going to be an interesting game. It is. I don't know what to make of Sam Darnold, you know, in in, uh, in Carolina. I was talking with your brother before. I think that him being you know with better coaches like matt rule and joe brady the offensive coordinator that's going to be a really good situation for him but the offensive line might be a little sketchy there and he does have better weapons but still you know he's still got to go out there and execute so we'll see what happens i'm still big question mark with him
1: i don't know what you're going to expect from him you know in and what, in what sort of role are they going to be airing it out right away i mean McCaffrey's back I'm I'm expecting him to obviously have a a pretty big game on Sunday um let's see how the the Jets counter him but yeah like he's got plenty of weapons the offensive line is not good that's the only thing it's not a good offensive line in Carolina um but he definitely has better weapons than he had when he was with the Jets but yeah I I don't know it's the style of offense they're going to be running and how much freedom they're going to give Darnold I, I really don't know I, it, he's a massive
0: question. He's like a rookie quarterback again. Like it's just a massive question A yeah. 100% and uh your rookie quarterback is going to be making his first start. You must be so you're going to see him uh two straight weeks which is uh pretty cool yep. in person. Um I'm ex- I'm really excited to see what he does. Um I don't know what style. I don't know how this offense is going to be but it's quarterback friendly. They uh, that's right. the Matt LaFleur, you know, Kyle Shanahan type system. So um I think Wilson will driving this Kyle Shanahan wanted Wilson badly because he thought he could run that offense perfectly so um, I, I think it's going to work but week one you just you're looking for any the opposite of what you had in the last regime
1: right um yeah I think that you're going to see the Jets are going to try and establish a run game early in this game um that's kind of the style they want to run like they do in San Francisco it's the same thing and they they want to run and then the run game gets going that opens up the play action and everything like that so um, in terms of what running backs are going to use, we don't know. Tevin Coleman's apparently the RB one on the depth chart, um, oh which kind of makes sense because he, they signed him. He's been in that system before. He was obviously with San Francisco. And then before that, he was in Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan as well. Um, but it
0: all ties back to each other.
1: Yeah, it is. It really, we really are like the New York 49ers. Um, <laughs> it would be nice if we had the same roster as them, but, um, yeah. So, I don't know, I'm, ex- I'm expecting uh, a, a good game. And, I want, and I'm very excited, obviously. Zach Wilson's the, the biggest excitement here.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. we got to uh, talk about the Subway series. And we're going to make our picks for this week. Yeah, and we um, we gotta get
1: to, we're going to get to the voicemail as well.
0: Oh, do you want to do the voicemail now? Yeah, we can do the voicemail now. Because we actually forgot to talk about the Ravens. Right after i said don't worry i'll work the ra- the ravens in right okay so let's do the ravens very quickly um i don't know how you can how do you explain what is going on there it almost feels like the 49ers last year oh, a
1: little bit of breaking news just real quick actually not really the the lakers just traded marcus hall and a second round pick to the uh grizzlies for some draft pick that i've never heard of but um Anyway, um, ESPN will have this as breaking news. Oh, yeah. This is going to be like the biggest story ever.
0: But, um, yeah, they can talk about this for weeks.
1: What you, just one more, one more time, would you say about the Ravens? Something about the
0: 49ers or something? I, is that what I heard you say? This, in, these, these injuries to the, I didn't get a haircut. These Ravens, these injuries, it kind of seems like the 49ers last year where everybody went down, everybody was tearing their ACL. Right, and you know, Gus Edwards, JK Dobbins, Marcus. The fact that Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters back to back plays Taylor ACL, right? That is unbelievable. So um, that, that sucks,
1: yeah. I mean, I, you know how high I am on the Ravens. I mean, I picked them to win it all in our uh, last episode, right? But I mean, at this point, like, do I take that back? I mean, this is bad. They look, they I think running back is a replaceable position, but not when you lose three of them. I mean, damn. Um, I'm not
0: going to lie to you; they, they'll be able to run the ball. They'll be, they'll oh, be They fine.
1: will. Be, I think they'll for sure still be a top five rushing offense. I mean, uh, they, I
0: think Murray's going to be the guy. Yeah, all, with all those three,
1: with the threat of Lamar um, and that offensive line, I think they'll be just fine. But Marcus Peters is a big blow. I mean, they have that's really the good, one
0: I'm worried about. They
1: have a really good secondary. Marlon Humphrey's the number one guy there, but still, Marcus Peters is a great player. For that defense, so yeah, I mean it's how many injuries can this team take right now?
0: I don't know. The last few days, honestly, I've been thinking about taking my Ravens pick back and going to the Browns, and now this like solidifies it, but I'm not gonna do it, I'm gonna stick with the Ravens winning the division. But um, I don't know. The Browns are uh sneaking up on me here. I think they're I think they're a sneaky Super Bowl team if Baker can put it all together.
1: Yeah, I think it all depends on Baker. I think if Baker has a great year, then for sure. Want to play the voicemail? Yeah. Uh, Just give me one second. What's going on, J.M. and Merlo? It's uh, John here. Uh, I just want to see your guys' opinions on the uh, Ravens' run situation now that Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are both out. They signed Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman. Uh, What do you think is going to happen with this team this year?
0: Yeah, thanks for the uh, voicemail, John. I think, again, like I said, I think the offensive line is good enough. I think Lamar is enough of a threat where whoever's running the ball, they're going to be fine. You know how I feel about running backs, JM. I think they're very replaceable. And, um, you know, Dobbins and Gus are good, but you're not talking about guys that are studs, you know, superstars. You're talking about, you know, good running backs. Right. I think Murray and, you know, Tyson Williams and – bell and actually i don't think bell you know uh, devonta freeman they will get the job done 100 percent. i think they'll be fine offensively
1: right yeah i think it's obviously it's uh it's brutal especially with jk dobbins i mean that's a guy they they spent a decently high draft pick on last year um but yeah i I think they'll be fine like we said the offensive line lamar um they'll, they'll be okay with that um, but yeah, I think I think Marcus Peters is really the problem here. Um, they really can't they can't take another blow to that defense. I mean, that's tough, especially when you're a run heavy offense like that and you like to drain the clock out and stuff like that. Those teams are gonna try and answer back with scoring quickly and airing the ball out. Um, and not having your number two corner is, is tough. Um, but yeah, I think the running game will be fine. Uh, John Harbaugh is a good coach, too, The good play
0: caller. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be okay. Sucks to see guys go down off, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, but I'm really not worried about that. Like, I hey, think Murray's going to do the job.
1: If it was 2015, this is, like, the best running back room we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. I mean, wow. Devonta Freeman's loaded. running
1: free for the Falcons. Le'Veon's, like, the best running back in the league. Even Latavius Murray, I don't know where he – if he was with the was Raiders he with Baltimore? or the – No, he was with the Raiders. He was never before, with Baltimore. No, before that, he was – um he wasn't a cowboy. I'm thinking of DeMarco Murray, no? Oh, look at you using the brain. Yeah. Okay, take it easy. Why, where was Latavius Murray before this? I should know this. I thought he was with Baltimore. Oh, the – um. He was with the Raiders. Then he went – so he was with the Raiders in 2015, yes. But then he went to uh Minnesota.
0: That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking purple. Yeah. They're too purple. He Beautiful had a 1,000 yards in
1: 2015.
0: He's a really good player. Yeah, if, he's pretty he good. Was, I think he led the league last year in uh, yards per attempt. Oh, he was great rush. with those couple games that Kamara was out. He was yeah. really good, like, two years ago or whatever that was. Yeah, so I'm – I think Murray's the guy. Fantasy wise, right. couldn't grab him in any of my big leagues, but uh, you know, he's the guy you want. All right, let's take a quick break. We got some baseball to do and our picks coming up after that. The
1: SD Podcast Channel. The perfect channel
0: for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at podcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go back. Episode 32. Hardline Sports Talk. Michael Merlo. John Michael Massiri. Um, Let's we'll talk some baseball. The Subway Series is coming up this weekend. We're so excited. I can't tell you the ex- level of excitement. Oh, my God. I yeah. I can't wait. Yay. We both suck. The Mets get to play baseball. Yay. No, but um, all serious. That's not looking forward to it. Uh, I I, I, Yankee fans think they'll get swept. The Mets fans think they're going to get swept. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not
1: expecting good things and I'm sure you're not either. So
0: no, exactly. I I honestly believe believe. the Yankees are going to come here and take two out of three, but now my prediction, um, let's start with the Yankees who just got swept at home four game series by the Toronto blue Jays. Not good. Uh, the Blue Jays never half game back. This was a massive series for them. Um, I'm not surprised. All right. I'm not surprised the Blue Jays are making a run here because I thought they would be one of the wildcard teams, you know, after they after the deadline. But I am surprised that, like, just they came in here and, and swept the Yankees. They had yeah. a really great weekend against the A's. Are, did they sweep the A's?
1: Uh, they, oh, they have a seven
0: game winning streak.
1: Yeah, they, they did. They're on an eight game win streak. I think they're nine and one, their last 10.
0: Uh, yeah. They're on an eight game winning streak. That's just, you know, again, I thought they would end up being that wild card team, but not like this, not like know. this, no. two teams in front of them. And they're about to pass everybody.
1: Right. Um, yeah, just a historically bad series, for the Yankees, um, getting swept at home four games and they actually, it's the first time since 1908 where they were swept at home and did not hold a lead the entire series. Holy crap! They were down in every single game. Um, that
0: is historic.
1: And yeah, and I don't know for some reason Andrew Heaney's still on this roster and still pitching in somewhat important situations. Um, I mean, he came in and just said, "Here you go, Vlad Guerrero." Just I'll uh, I'll put it on a tee right here for you and just just hit it 450 feet or whatever. But um yeah, not good. Yeah. And the Blue Jays are really good. That that offense is so good. Vladdy is really making it tough for Shohei Otani right now, I'll tell you that. Um, he's starting to kind of convince me. And I thought this race was not even close. And Otani's numbers are dipping a little bit, and Vladdy's are still going up. He's still got a chance at this triple crown. His OPS is I think over a thousand again. So if he gets it is if he
0: gets the triple crown, do you think he should
1: be? I don't think that's necessarily the criteria mm-hmm. where I would be like, yeah, I think if he just – if he finishes with, you know, almost 50 homers and his OPS is in, like, 1,050, let's say, and it's, like, a, over 100 points higher than Otani's, then uh, it's going to be really close.
0: You want me to read Vlad's numbers for you? Yeah. Refresh He's got – okay, so he – I don't know if this means anything to you. He leads the league in runs and hits. Okay, 107 runs, 165 hits. He's got 42 home runs, 100 RBIs. For whatever reason, he has four stolen bases. Um, He's batting 319, which leads the league. He's got a 409 on base, which leads the league, and a 607 slugging with a 1016 OPS, which also leads the league, and a 171 OPS OPS plus, which leads the league as well. Yes, those are some damn impressive numbers. He has been that good. Uh, Robbie Ray also um, is making a case for the Cy Young. Garrett Cole goes down, which was not good at all. But um, I was listening to an interview yesterday with the manager, Aaron Boone. He says um, he should only be down a couple of days. He's supposed to pitch Sunday. He's not going to do that. Thank you, by the way. Um, he's going to pitch uh, Tuesday instead against the Orioles. As of right now, but they're still monitoring yeah, definitely, it. Definitely
1: and... definitely held my breath uh when he got taken out of the game. Um and then if you go on the other, I don't I really don't. I mean, it, it's our duty to talk about this team, but you know, it is it is what it is right now. That they're it's the whole season they've just been up and down the New York Yankees. It's um, crazy.
0: They've had runs where like they started off the year badly, where they go like 35 and 12, and then they went on another bad stretch yeah. and they had the 12 game winning 13 game winning streak whatever it was and they were playing well before that and now you know i actually saw something
1: again. funny that was like saying that the yankees like are so streaky this year and they're uh they're having a terrible stretch right now and someone was like oh so this means a win streak is coming soon i'm like yeah i guess maybe, so. maybe
0: maybe for the postseason
1: yeah uh, if we get there i mean we're, <laughs> yeah, we're hanging there. on by a thread right now well, um, the
0: team you're chasing, the team that's in front of you, the Boston Red Sox have been decimated by COVID 19. Right. They got a more bad news today with Chris Sale that he tested positive for COVID. And, you know, Hunter Renfro didn't make matters better yesterday when he went on uh, 93.7 WEEI yesterday, uh, the radio station up there in Boston, and basically said, um, uh, Major League Baseball told us to stop testing for COVID right. so that there wouldn't be that many cases. And then, of course, the Red Sox and, and Major League Baseball to come out and make the statement saying he is completely wrong. That is not true. But um, not good over there in Boston. They're staying afloat, but they're one of the least vaccinated teams, which puts them in a really bad spot, especially down the stretch here. Right.
1: Um yeah, Red Sox. I mean congratulations to the Tampa Bay Rays on winning the AL East. I think we could say that at this point. I mean they're not oh, yeah. games up on the second place team. What's the magic number? Uh it's, it's it's probably uh ticking down right now. I mean it's
0: definitely in the single digits if I had to guess. Yeah, I'll have to They should put them. I haven't used my computer at all except for this. So maybe open up Um
1: but you know we were talking about MVPs before The NL is very interesting, also. And I think Bryce Harper's like really making a strong case right now. I mean, the guy's batting 340 something over his last. I don't even know. It might actually be higher than that. But his OPS is over a thousand right now.
0: It's really interesting because I look and he has 30 home runs and 69 RBIs. He's batting 305. He's gotten 1,019. Uh, OPS, he's ha- he's having an incredible year, right? But he didn't play that many games. I'm like, all right, well, the, the home runs, whatever, you know, the RBI, same thing, everything else is so great. He's been carrying this team, I, I you know, I think he should get it. And then, but then I look and I compare. I'm comparing the numbers to Tatis and I look at Tatis and he's played 10, 11 games less than Harper, right. And he's got more home runs, more RBIs, and the OPS is right there. So it's like I really don't know where to go. Yeah, but yet.
1: then at the same time, like Harper's leading in an OPS and he's got a higher OPS plus, but Tatis does have the WAR and everything like that. Um, so, I mean, I think Max Muncy makes a strong case. Even uh, I think he's kind of an underrated candidate. Um, he's
0: an underrated candidate. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could put him in. The discussion.
1: I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get it. Um, what about uh, Freddie Freeman? Freddie Freeman's – He slowed down a little bit.
0: He's got some respectable
1: numbers, but –
0: He was catching up, though. Yeah, he was. It looked like for a little while he could um, get right back into that race and possibly go back-to-back. No, he's not even close, to be honest uh, with you. If
1: I can make a little power ranking, I would say it's Tatis one right now. Just in hitters. I don't even want to get pitchers involved because it gets, like, messy. Um, Tatis is one. I I want to give Harper two, but Soto's having a really good season. I might put Soto two. Not Soto. Um. So yeah, Soto two, Harper two. Either or, and then obviously they're two and three. Soto and Harper.
0: Soto has twenty five home runs, um, eighty two RBIs. He leads the league in walks. No problem. He's only played in one hundred and twenty nine games. Um. What else we got here? 3.05 uh, batting average. And I, I know you don't care about batting average. Leaves the league in on base. What's new? 4.52. He's got a 973 OPS with a 168 OPS. He's got good war numbers, too. Yeah, he's, he's just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, your brother just distracted me because I clicked on something. A text yeah, I know. I saw a stupid text. And I lost the screen. I was on 5.6 war. Yeah, you could definitely put Soto in the conversation. So mm-hmm. well, that's going to come down to the wire there. Uh, The Yankees here, though, quickly, they just – like, there's nothing they have to do other than win because, you know, it's not like they're chasing anybody as of right now. So you just – you go into it. You got to take every series from here on out and, you know, just hope the Blue Jays don't lose another game. Well,
1: this is the thing I just don't get. Why does it have to be so streaky? And I'm not even – like, obviously, I'm talking about their wins and losses and everything like that, but it goes hand in hand with like the offense and how the team's playing. This offense can't hit, they can't hit water if they fell out of a boat right now. Meanwhile, over this, that 13 game streak, they were like hitting the cover off the ball. I, I don't get it. Aaron Judge is in, a, had a terrible week. Um, his OPS was 930 at the beginning of the week. Now it's down to like 895 over a seven oh, game stretch, which is like incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't get the inconsistency and everything like that. And um, with
0: everybody though, it's nine ten. Calm down. Uh,
1: I, I I wonder what ha- if if this a week from now we could be talking about again. Oh, the Yankees are three games up in the wild card, and what a great week! And is this team going to the World Series? And blah blah blah. But. I'm just going to react how the team's playing right now. If they miss the playoffs, are we going – are we back on the is Aaron Boone getting fired thing? Well – I don't think his job is safe still.
0: His job's not safe because guess what? Has a contract extension been handed out? Nope. No. He's a free agent after this year technically. So, you know, he's not under contract. Right. So, yeah, I think even if – Jam, if you think they make the playoffs, I think there's a chance. That he's still gone. I mean, we saw Joe Girardi be one game away from the World Series and he was let go and not brought back. So I I don't know that, you know, Cashman might feel a completely different way. You know, we're talking about Heaney, you know, the fact that Heaney is still on this roster. I heard Evan Roberts say it yesterday. You know, why can't Cashman Cashman just take the L? You made a bad trade. You know, he, he wasn't a good guy to bring in and right. get rid of him because you know that's a roster spot and whoever it is is probably better than him you know from triple a that boone boone is forced to go to him because his pen is you know so thin mm-hmm. so he has to go to him at some points and you know two run game last night i don't know if you know that was the best idea but um he has no choice when his bullpens that then mm-hmm so Cashman's got to take the alley, he's got to get rid of him.
1: And you got Luis Heel, who was 18 scoreless innings or 14 score, whatever it was, Um, guy hasn't allowed a run yet in the MLB, and he's pitching in the minor league still. So I don't get it. I really don't get it. All
0: right. Um, quickly, before we go to the match, Trevor Bauer's um, leave, his administrative leave has been extended through the end of the regular season. This is a statement from Bauer's uh, co-agents today mr bauer agreed to extend his administrative leave through the playoffs in a, in a measure of good faith and in an effort to minimize any distraction to the dodgers organization and his teammates he continues to cooperate with the mlb investigation and refute the baseless allegation against him again by definition administrative leave is neither a disciplinary action nor does it in any way reflect findings of leaves league's investigation right He's a piece of shit. Uh, anyway, yep. that's all I want to say there. He's done, so that's good. Uh, the Mets very quickly, you know, listen, they um they haven't been playing well. They, you know, started off the stretch against bad teams six and one, they ended up going nine and five. That that's not good enough. So I had said they had to go like 13. I mean, not 13, but you know, win 10, 11, 12 games against right. these teams, and they didn't do it. So yeah. the Mets playoff chances are very slim right now, although they're only you know, four, four and a half, five games out doesn't matter. It's it's done at this point, and there, you know, changes need to be made all throughout. You know, from the top down, they need they need a big time boss here. They need a Theo Bean. They need a Billy Bean. They need somebody like that. So it might be hard to do, but Steve Cohen's got to open up his wallets and do whatever is necessary.
1: Right, and um, I think you need a new manager. Um, 100 percent.
0: Yeah, some question
1: some questionable decisions by the manager this weekend. Um, the not, that I mean, that this made. week, not this weekend. This week, unbelievable. Um, and you know, I watched that Evan Roberts thing, and he really did a good. Like, I was impressed. That that took some balls to to say that stuff to Rojas. Um, and you could tell Rojas was getting ticked off. Um, he went but, right at Rojas, but he's he right. Was... He's right. He's like, he why do you he, like? I, he's right. Why why trust Edwin Diaz that much? And why say, oh, uh, let's put in Pat Mizeka to pinch hit. Instead of putting JD Davison, who's been a good hitter for you this year, the Pamazigas shouldn't even be on the major league roster. Right.
0: Not good. Not a good uh, week, not a good season overall from the oh. Weasel Um, So, yeah, the, the Mets and the Yankees, it's going to be a very emotional three game set with the uh, 20th anniversary of 9 11. So, um, I, I look forward to seeing that. I think the ceremonies that the Mets have planned are going to be really nice. So, that's the only thing I'm looking forward to this right. weekend. Um, But not the baseball. Definitely not the baseball.
1: Um, Just real quick before we get to our picks, um, we forgot to mention, you know, the Hall of Fame ceremonies and everything like that. I I watched um, Jeter's speech and everything like that. And it's just the Hall of Fame is just so cool. It's just like, I don't know, it has that like field of dreams feel like baseball is just different in that way where I, I, I feel like when Jeter was making that speech, I could just like feel like the all the legends and everything like that. And, um, the likeness, I guess, nostalgia and everything. It was, it was really cool. He did a good job with his speech. Um, shouted out Brian Cashman, which was impressed that considering they had some beef. I heard they hate each other. Um, yeah. Well, quick story on that. Um, back when Jeter was getting on later in his career, they were trying to negotiate an extension and, um, Cashman wasn't offering him with Jeter. You know, he didn't like what Cashman was offering him. So it got to the point where they were arguing and Jeter was like, he was like, um, name, name a shortstop who you'd rather have playing for your team right now than me. And Brian Cashman goes, I could name five. And he literally rattled off five names right there.
0: And he told Jeter, he said, try and go get this contract elsewhere. Yeah. And we know, we know the history he stayed right. right there. Right.
1: But, um, yeah, obviously, great career for Derek Jeter. Um, probably the most famous Yankee of all time. Uh, maybe the, one of the most famous baseball players of all time.
0: 100%. I, um, I went on the radio. It's actually funny. I went on the radio, and I saw somebody at the pizzeria I work at, and he was like, I heard you on the radio, and you were talking about Derek Jeter being overrated. And listen, Derek Jeter's Hall of Famer. He's not one of the top, you know, 25, no. 30, 35, even, you know, I think even 50 players ever to play. Right. But there's no denying his career, his playoff accolades, and the person that he was. He was unbelievable.
1: Right, yeah. And that whole overrated thing, I mean, obviously, like, I don't think he's overrated in terms of what he meant to that team and what he meant to the sport and how how clutch he was and everything like that. But, yeah, like, when you look at the statistics, you're right. Like, um, you're not going to be like, oh, this guy's, like like you said, one of the 25 best players to play the game. No, you're not going to say that. But still – Great guy, great player, obviously has a great spot in my heart, even though I was too young to see the early 90s. I mean, the late 90s and 2000 championship, but I did see the 2009 one. And, um, yeah, just great, great, great baseball player.
0: Yes, congratulations to him and his family. Let's get to our picks uh, for the NFL. Um, I have to say this um gambling is only legal in any state in certain states um if you have a gambling problem please call 1-800-GAMBLER um we are in a state where we can't gamble so we are giving the picks with the spread but of course we are not gambling here um just for fun. yeah just for fun here, and we're gonna uh,
1: keep a little standing throughout the season see uh which one of us gets more right kind of for bragging rights. so that'll be fun
0: well we're gonna think of a punishment real soon don't worry. oh okay um I can let's think of one right p- now.
1: Why don't we just like you got to wear a jet hat or something?
0: I, got, I gotta, I gotta go. Yeah. All right. Fine. We'll call it with a something good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get to the picks here quickly. Michael Gallup's gonna be out three to five weeks. He's got a calf strain, and Odell is questionable this week. Uh, this week, they still don't know if he's gonna be back. All right. Let's start off in Buffalo. Steelers at Bills. I'm gonna take the Bills minus six and a half.
1: Agreed. I'm also taking the Bills minus six and a half.
0: All right. Let's move on to Carolina where the New York jets will face the Panthers. I am going to take the Panthers minus three and a half.
1: Um, I'm going to this game. Like I said, 20 times already. And I, I got, I'm going with jets plus three and a half. I mean, how could I go into that game predicting a a Panthers cover?
0: Yeah, this was a five and a half point spread yesterday. So, uh, people are really on the jets here. Uh, the Jaguars at the Texans. I'm going to take the Texans plus three here.
1: I am also taking the Texans plus three here. I think, um, you know, this game was a little later on the season, maybe different, but. 100%. Um, Trevor Lawrence is making his first start and everything like that. And I think the Texans, you know, are just a more veteran-led team. So, I'm going to go with the Texans.
0: Number one overall picks haven't covered in their first game in a while. So, yeah. I'm going to stick with that trend. Cardinals at Titans. I am going to take the Titans minus three. I agree. I'm also
1: taking the Titans minus three.
0: They could score and they can run. Philadelphia Eagles, dumpster fire at the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> a lot of people are on the Eagles, you know, for the season, for this game. I am not. The Falcons offense is too good. Three points is too little. I'm going to take the minus three. Agreed. Um, honestly, I think the line's a bit disrespectful. At,
1: uh, yeah considering they're the home team a minus three i would expect that line to be around minus five or something
0: like that but usually you get three points for being home team, yeah so.
1: so they're calling this an even matchup so no nah, i don't get that i'm going uh, off
0: it was like three and a half four four and a half last time i checked this is the lowest i've seen it but yeah uh chargers at football team uh football team now i'm taking the chargers plus plus one and a half. i think the chargers are going to win this game
1: I take the Washington football team minus
0: one and a half. Okay, there we go. Uh, the Lions are traveling to Detroit. I am going to take the uh, you mean 40, you mean the you mean the Niners. There we go. The Lions. There we go. The Lions play then, in Detroit. The Niners, the San Francisco 49ers are going to Detroit. I'm gonna take the Niners a minus eight and a half.
1: I agree. I think they're going to run the crap out of all the Niners. I could see this being a close game just because of that, but uh, the Lions are going to be pretty bad this year. I am also taking the Niners minus A-Nash.
0: Lions are terrible. The Seattle Seahawks are traveling to Indianapolis. The Seahawks are very good coming to the East Coast. One of the best teams that have to fly to the East Coast and play. I'm taking the Seahawks minus
1: Look at you with all these advanced stats. Um, I am taking the Colts plus three at
0: home. There you go. Carson Wentz is playing, like we said before. Uh, Minnesota Vikings will travel to Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings minus three here.
1: Agreed. Vikings minus three.
0: I'm actually going to confirm that and saying that's my lock of the week. Uh, the Dolphins are going to New England. I'm going to take the New England Patriots minus three. I am taking the Miami Dolphins plus three. You think they win the game? Yes. Okay, the Browns travel to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. This line, it's five and a half. If it was six and a half or even seven and a half, I would take the Browns. I am not. I'm going to st- – this line, five and a half is, you know, a little difference. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus five and a
1: half. I am going with the Cleveland Browns plus five and a half.
0: There you go. They're definitely going to have uh, this punishment I'm excited for. The Broncos <laughs> are coming to East Rutherford to take on the New York Giants. I'm taking the Broncos minus three here.
1: I am going with the New York Giants plus three. Uh, I think Why? this to be a really Good. close game. Um, yeah, I just don't see a situation where the Broncos, I mean, I could see them winning by four or five points, but not m- much more than that.
0: There you go. You like my Giants. Um, Actually, I lie. This is my lock of the week: the Packers at the Saints. I think the Packers are going to steamroll them. Uh, Yeah, that's minus three and a half. I'm going to take the Packers minus three and a half. I'm also going.
1: I don't know about steamroll them, but I'm also going Packers minus three and a half.
0: Uh, The Bears will take on the Rams in LA. I'm taking the Rams minus seven and a half blowout.
1: Agreed. Bears suck. Really not high on the Bears this year. I'm going Rams minus seven and a half.
0: And the Ravens will take on the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. I am going to – it's three and a half, and I'm actually going to take the Raiders. I'm going to go Raiders plus three and a half.
1: Yeah, um, this is a tough game. I would definitely stay away from this game um, if I was, you uh, know, like some sort of pool or anything. Not encouraging gambling at all here. No. Um, of That's course it. not. Of course not. Um, so, I'm going to go Ravens minus three and a half. It's a like I said, it's a little shaky about that because of all these injuries. But um, yeah, I'm going to take the ribs
0: And that will do it for our picks this week. So Here yeah, we're thinking of a punishment. We're going to keep track of everything. Um, I have to write this down because I'm going to forget who I yeah. took. Oh, I wrote my picks um, down nowhere else. I don't worry. I'll sign too. All right, sounds good. So that's going to do it for episode 30. This is 31 or 32? 32. 32. 32, I'm forgetting things already. Enjoy the weekend. This is going to be a really good weekend. Football is back. There's some pretty good college games as well. So definitely enjoy the weekend, and we will talk to you next week.
1: Can't wait.